It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast. It's your host, Ed Oliver and Deolante Daniels. We have special guests from the Wizards of Gallery Place. Damo and Brendan, how are you guys feeling today? Um, doing really good, man. Happy to finally be on. We've been trying to do this for uh, a little while, and Damo and I always love talking with different Wizards podcasters and content creators and all that good sort of stuff. So finally happy to be doing this and good to be on the show. I haven't been on YouTube in like forever, so this will be pretty cool. So, Yeah, for sure, man. Cosign all that, man. Just uh... – you know, always follow what y'all do. Love talking wizards, so it's 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 a perfect uh perfect uh, uh union here. So let's get it. Definitely. Before we get started, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out PrizePicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store. And download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. So before we do get into Wizards Talk, I just want to know how did you guys start your uh, your own podcast? Where did you guys meet up? And uh, how did you guys become Washington Wizards fans? So back when I had my website, I actually had the the podcast originally was with me and a buddy Frank and. The side ended up not working out, but I still wanted to do the podcast. So me and Frank were still kind of doing it a little bit. And then we had Damo on as a guest one day and then eventually just turned into something where Frank couldn't record. I liked having Damo on and I really respected his opinion and always have. So I just kind of we just kind of transitioned. I I don't even think I ever really asked him to be the co-host. It was just, (laughs) hey, can you record today? 
Yeah, all right. So it just kind of turned into a thing where it was just us two doing the show. Um, so that's how I kind of turned out. And I've just been a, a Wizards fan since I, I was younger. I mean, but the reason I'm both a, a Giants and a Wizards fan was just I turned the TV on one day and they happened to be playing what I didn't know if when you're a kid, you know, you don't think about are they the home team or are they not? And um, I remember the first game, I think I actually remember that I had on was actually the the game that Gil had that game winning floater layup, whatever you want to call it against the Sonics. So um, that was kind of my transitioning into to being a Wizards fan. So always been one. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, to echo what he said with the, with the pod, man, like I, I just I just be on Twitter, man, just talking, talking basketball and talking Wizards and um, I, I think for me, once I re- kind of relinquished my fandom of the, of the dead skins, uh, you know, it kind of allowed me to focus more of my, my time and energy on the Wizards. But I've always been a fan, like, since to probably, like, 95, 96, like, Rod Strickland, them Rod Strickland mobs, man. I remember uh, uh, Carol Bertani and all, like, you know, I remember those mobs and, uh, the jihadi whites and, and them them dudes, man. Like I, I remember those mobs. So, and then when we got Jordan uh, in the in the in the office, man, I was like, that was that was it for me. Like, cause Jordan is is my goat. So, um, I remember being super pressed to get those uh those the what was the Jordan Seventeens that came in a the suitcase. They was in the Wizards colors with the white and the teal, man. Um, but yeah, and then you know just the Gill era. So. Yeah, I just, you know, I can't shake it. I'm a, I'm a Wizards fan no matter how bad they draft. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say dance games when I got the commander's hat on right now. But <laughs> you, you know how things go. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. But, yeah, we just wanted to start off, too, with um, what was you guys' thoughts from the games this weekend? Um, the Mavericks game was a blowout. We got our revenge on some guys who used to play for the Wizards and then the Boston game was a totally different game. So I just want to get you guys thoughts on the first, on the games from the weekend. Well, it's the, uh, it's the goofy part of the NBA season and uh, you're going to get guys best effort some night. Um, guys are going to be tired in and out of the lineup. It's a, it's definitely a weird goofy time of the year is typically what I call it. So of course, you know, we'll, well, we'll have the game that we had against the Magic. We'll come out and blow out the Mavericks, and we'll come out and, like, just get obliterated by the Celtics. I mean, that's just how it goes the, this time of year. But uh, I think it was specifically with the Mavericks game, we're starting to see the um, – uh, like, it was one of the few games where I feel like all three of the young guys played well together, and that's kind of been what I've been wanting to see a little bit because it feels like whenever it's Denny's night, it's not Rui or Kispert's night. If it's Kispert's night – maybe a little bit of Rui, but then Denny shoots like crap. So um, it, it was nice to see all them play well together. And then, I mean, honestly, with the with the Celtics game, I mean, I, there really isn't much to take away from that other than it was just bad. And, and Damo said it himself on Twitter. I don't mean to take anything away from what you might say here, but, you know, you, you can't be bad at three-point shooting and three-point defense. Even though the Wizards have been really good, I haven't checked the numbers lately where they line up with three-point shooting since the trade deadline because for a while they were the top team. But overall for the season, they still haven't really shot the ball well that great from three. And when you can't do that and you can't defend the three, you know, 
and you're going to have those types of games where you just get blown out. And we've seen that several times this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think the Celtics game specifically, like they were just, they were due for a loss. I mean, they had one, four, five, you know, they came off the, the, the must win Dallas game. Like they had to win that game. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a lot of, uh, Dinwiddie, uh, uh, fans and, uh, uh, some associates of his in my mention. So they had to go do that. Um, <laughs> they had to go do that, man, to, 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 to quiet that noise because he's been doing a lot of talking. But I feel like the Celtics game, it was just, you know, it was just one of them games where they just didn't have it. Like out the gate early, the game was pretty much over. And the Celtics are a really, really good team, especially since the break. Um, you know, you weren't going to come back uh, from from down 15 out of the first quarter against them. So. Uh, but but I mean they they've been playing solid ball, but like Brendan mentioned, like they gotta they gotta be able to consistently make threes and defend it. Um, and if they don't, they're gonna lose. You know, it don't matter if it's Bill Bill playing or not, uh, KP playing healthy, it don't matter. If they can't defend the three and make threes, they gonna be in the same position going forward. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Mavericks game, um, that was some inspired basketball. I was telling Brandon before we started, I don't remember a more complete game from start to finish, maybe outside of the Grizzlies game, the first time they played when they were in D.C. and they smacked the Grizzlies up. But, I mean, KCP even said it, that they wasn't going to come in here, Dinwiddie wasn't going to come in here and get a W. And then they came back to reality, you know, against the Celtics. And the Celtics always, they're, they're a tough matchup for the Wizards with Tatum, Jalen Brown, and from the start, Jalen Brown made, like, what, two threes in a row, three threes. So we already knew how that game was about to go. I was just happy that they uh, played well against the Mavericks and Dinwiddie and Berton struggled because, I mean, for some guys, mainly Dinwiddie, for a guy who's, you know, okay, a nice role player. I mean, he he was kind of talking a little reckless. but And I just didn't like how he didn't take any accountability for his play. Yeah, it's – I said the other day, Matt Moderno had me on Believe in Wizards. And I mean, I I said, you know, he contributed way more to where we are now than to Dallas being where they are. He's like, oh, they'll enjoy the offseason and we go to the playoffs. Like, dude, Dallas is going to the playoffs whether or not your ass showed up or not. And if you had played any better and like you had said, maybe taken any amount of accountability, maybe we don't end up dropping out of the top six you know, because I thought that's where we were going to be after the start of the season. I said, we may fall. Like, we may end up being around that six or seven range. Um, but I didn't see us falling the way that we did. Of course, mm-hmm. so Wizards happened, and it is what it is. But Dinwiddie, large in part, is very much so responsible for that fall. So, Yeah, and it's just with Dinwiddie – it seemed like he always just, you know, I understand the Wizards locker room. They do have issues. They've had issues in the past. That's not a surprise. So I, I can't understand that. But it's like Wes didn't put me in the position or I had issues with Brad. They didn't want me. They take kindly to me trying to be a leader. It's always somebody else and them, them, them. But it wasn't like he had the minutes. He was out there. You know, the ball's in your hand. Who? Like nobody's telling you to go throw grenades at the end of the shot clock and barely get to the paint and look like you're 40 years old out there. You know, what about all of that? He had the time. And I mean, Damo spoke about it before. I mean, the, and him in the knees and getting rest, but they were playing them. 
and that could have been due to contract incentives and things like that. So, I mean, Damo, how did you feel about his comments after the game and everything, just about his tenure here? Man, then with your whole clown, man. Like, I, I just, like, I, I'm not with the excuses, man. Like, your last 10 games here, your field goal percentage was the same as your jersey number, 26%. You got the ball in your hands, man. Like, how – you gonna blame you gonna blame the locker room, the system. Uh, I had a guy, one of his, one of the guys uh, that I guess is a Dinwiddie supporter was 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 saying it was equal opportunity offense. Um, I'm just like, so that's why he was shooting 26 percent from the field. Like, that's why he treated the paint like lava. Like, that's why he decided to shoot six sidestep threes a game. Like, that's that don't have nothing to do. The, the system don't have nothing to do with that. Like um, we we can have some some debate about West maximizing certain guys with the offense and how he wants to run his system, but twenty six percent, man. And then the way he was playing defense, like nah, man. You you gotta you gotta take accountability for that. Uh, and and it, and it just it is what it is. I'm I'm just glad he gone and we can move on. We got KP. I feel like we got the best player in the deal. So on on to the next, man. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I feel like KP had a good game. Bertans and Dinwiddie did what they always did in DC and not perform, you know, to the best of their abilities. So I mean that that was I was happy with that game and how it turned out. But and I, I know we got the tribute next, but I kind of want to ask the question, man, because I I felt a certain type of way about the tribute video. I mean, I guess it's politically correct or whatnot, but I don't understand how. These guys, Bertans and Dinwiddie, get tribute videos, even if it was a mini one, when they did absolutely nothing but take the Wizards' money and then end up going to another team. I don't. Did you guys agree with it? Um, it's nice from like a, a good PR standpoint, right. mm-hmm. you know, because that's something that players that are considering to sign with you, or you know, that may consider you in sign and trade scenarios that kind of thing matters that you're well represented uh, that you represent people well as an organization. And that goes from the, the, the wizards district gaming, maybe not that so much, but I'm sure the, the mystics, the the go-go all of monumental basketball, you know, you want to make sure that you, you look good with that kind of thing and and show players respect. I mean, at the end of the day, they can't control what fans do and what fans say. And I know that we've been, hard on a lot of guys that have um, came and left. But for this situation, no. I mean, if we're going based off production, I mean, like you said, they absolutely just did not deserve it. And if anything, Bertans deserved deserved it more than Dinwiddie just because of that first season when he got here because that was legit one of the best shooting fours I've, I've ever seen. And it's a shame it couldn't carry over into other seasons because that could have changed the tra- trajectory a lot more to, um, you know, or we maybe because his shooting was so impactful. We'd probably be talking about what are we sitting at now, like 11 or 12. I mean, I would have to believe that right now we would be in the play. And if he was giving you like 23, 24 minutes, you know, shooting the three ball the way he was. Um, then what he obviously ha- had some good moments as he's had some good moments in Dallas. Uh, for the most part, I would say that he, again, I, I would say that he's very much so responsible for, kind of where we are right now um, with the overall record, not being aggressive, just the bad shooting. That's not everyone else's fault. 
uh, some of the stuff you got there and do on the court. I and I said this on Matt's show. You know, I I kind of understand like the the angle Dinwiddie's trying to get at. Like, I get it. Like at, at the end of the day, you know, think about it. If you guys are Washington Wizards, what, would you guys necessarily be happy all the time either? You know, so um, I, I try to understand a little bit where he's coming from. But with the comments he made and all that, he definitely could have went about it a different way. And because of all that stuff combined, uh, yeah, the tribute video was pretty annoying. It didn't bother me. It was just like, why are we doing this? Yeah, it didn't make sense for somebody who's bashed the organization repeatedly. I mean, we haven't heard Chris Tapp say anything about the Mavericks. They've taken the high road. Kuzma's taking the high road. Wes is taking the high road. But we, we, we've repeatedly heard Dinwiddie say things. We heard Bertrand say, oh, I'm so happy that I'm going to the playoffs and I'm not fighting for eight or ninth seed. So – um, it was a little weird saying the tribute video, but it is what it is. I'm happy that we went out there and um, Dinwiddie and Bertans combined for eight points uh, together. So that was hilarious. But I'm happy Chris Apps got his revenge and KCP stepped up. But I do want to get – we do want to get to some future talk. Um, ESPN Plus came up with a future power rankings for the NBA. We're going to talk about where the Wizards fell in that. Before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by – prize picks all right nba fans are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the nba then you need to try the award-winning app prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy made easy i love this and we know you will too it's easy to use you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on an entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy prize picks is safe and offers faster draws Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. PrizePix allows mixed sports entries. Uh, for example, you can take the over on Chris Tapp's points tomorrow night, or you can take the under on D'Angelo Russell's points in the same entry for tomorrow night against the Timberwolves. And PrizePix doesn't just offer NBA. They have options on college basketball, college football, NFL, MMA, and more. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. But you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA. $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. This episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters, Championships, Odds, Podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so ESPN Plus, they came up with an article talking about where the Wizards rank in the power rankings. They're just talking about all 30 teams in the NBA. So I'll quickly read the article for you guys. It says, the Wizards were credited last last offseason for breaking Russell Westbrook's massive contract into multiple smaller deals attached to productive players, but they still find themselves locked into a situation with limited upside without many tools to make some significant improvement. 
Bradley Bill and Porzingis could be ta be a talented one-two punch, but might be really more like a two-three punch on a contender. The only way the Wizards generate cap space this offseason is if Bradley Bill doesn't opt into his $36.4 million player option, but it'll be, it would be difficult to find a replacement of his caliber. They also owe the Thunder a future first-round pick, and they come in in 29th on the future power rankings. How do you guys feel about that article and also about where they rank in the future power rankings? You want to take this one? Yeah, so I guess I need to kind of know what the – what the criteria is like, are they saying like over the next five years, how many wins are you going to accumulate? Um, like how do they determine a, a good future? Uh, or is it just by, you know, whoever has the best talent under 25 that they project to, to, to do things in the league? Cause um, I, I don't know. I look at the Wizards roster. I feel like it's kind of still in flux a bit. Like I, I still feel like they have to pick, pick a lane. Um, you know, because they they're in the they're about to possibly add the fifth their fifth rookie contract on the books because you got Gafford, Kispert, Denny Rui, and then this 2022 pick. So that'll be five kids on the roster. Um, you know, and Isaiah Todd. Who uh, who was that? Isaiah Todd too. Oh yeah, and then Todd. Well, I mean, out of the ones that play, um, but yeah, Todd would count too. Uh. But but yeah, like you you gotta kind of, I feel like they need to to pick a lane. Like the the whole futures thing is kind of like, well, you know, Kuzma's twenty six, um, KP's twenty six. It's not like Brad is thirty two or thirty three. Um, those guys got a ball, uh, and and their young talent they do have that they decide to keep and 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 pay. They have to get better, but. I, 29th in the league out of 30 teams you telling me so to give you more context so it says the ESPN's projection of the on-court success expected for each team over the next three seasons so the 2022 season that just happened the 2023 season and the 2024 season and I'll give you a couple teams that are around that you know I guess you would think the Magic are in there so the Magic the Blazers are 28th you know they got Dame building around him they're kind of in the same situation as us Magic are at 27, the Rockets are 26, Pacers 25th, Thunder 24th, Pistons 23rd, Hornets 22nd, Pelicans 21st. You kind of get where it's going. And then they got the Spurs at 20th, Knicks at the 19th. That's a little weird that the Knicks are at 19th. I probably just was that one. Yeah, they got the Knicks at the Lakers are at 18th. Even though they have LeBron, you kind of look at their future, it's not bright. Cleveland's at 17th, the Hawks 16th, Timberwolves 15th, Bulls 14th. Jazz thirteen, you you kind of get the Mavericks as well. Okay, so so it's even a smaller uh, a smaller window than the five years. I thought it's the next three years. Right. So yeah, I, I just can't. I, I don't have twenty eight teams having more wins than the Wizards over the next three years. Like I think that's impossible. To like like the Sacramento Kings are headed to their sixteenth straight season without making the playoffs. Um. The, the Pistons, they're probably going to get a top pick, but I don't suspect them to be good next year. Like, the I, Kings are dead last. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but the Kings are – they're the one team that's behind us. The, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That, that, I just don't see 28 teams having a better record than the Wizards over the span of the next three years. Because, again, like Kuzma's 26, KP's 26, Bill's 28. Like, 
they're not, you know, they're not 23, but they're not old either. Like, I feel like there might be some teams up there that are that are probably in better position now, but because of their age, I would probably say their future probably looks more bleak because, you know, they don't really have any young assets. Their, their stars are aging, you know, over 30. Um, the Lakers will probably be one of those teams because I just don't know what young talent do they have. Like, LeBron is about to be 40. AD looked like he can't stay on the court for more than 40 games a, a season. I, I don't see the future there. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I think that's a 29. I wouldn't have him in the top 15, but I wouldn't have him 29. Nowhere near. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 our three core guys, one of them is in his prime right now, and two of them are about to be in their primes. And we're already talking, I mean, those three guys based off talent alone are all-star level player. So I don't, I don't see how we're that low, especially when you consider our young guys. I mean, they may not be getting much better, but you, you can't say that they've gotten worse. And I would say as they are, um, and specifically with Denyan who's shooting, you may get him good one night and bad the other, but Kispert and Rui, I feel like are pretty steady with what they do production wise. So yeah, I don't see how we're that low. And I think it's also funny, like every year we're always like the worst team in the NBA, according to media and like our local fans and stuff. I mean, our worst year ever, uh, we ended up going to the bubble, just so everyone made that clear. We, we had the worst roster ever. We had the worst coach, which I, I agree with that part. Um, but we still ended up going to the bubble. We were the only team outside of the the eight seeds to to go to the bubble. And and we were apparently terrible in the worst franchise ever. So even though we have this bad reputation where we didn't have talent, this was before, by the way, and we still weren't even that bad. And now you add a Porzingis and Kuzma into that. Both are going to be entering their prime. It makes no sense as to why we're that low. Yeah, I can see that. I think what they're really based on why they put the Pistons ahead of us and the Magic and teams like that is because they have a young Kate Cunningham. So they basically number one is John is the Grizzlies because they have John Morant, who's you know what, 23, 24. So that's the obvious pick. But I yeah, I, that's the only way I could see the Pistons ahead because they have a, a Kate Cunningham. The Kings below us. The Knicks was very questionable. Um, you could say that they're in the same boat as us, or even worse. Julius Randle is looks like he's up his way up out of there, and they don't really have a high pick like us either. But I, I think they're basing it really off of Bradley Bill too. Like, where are we going? Where what lane are the Wizards picking? You know, are they going to be in this purgatory future where we're either the eighth seed or the ninth or tenth seed in the play-in, or are we going to blow it up? Or are we actually going to compete? So that's the question mark with the Wizards. Are they just going to stay on this treadmill type of situation? And stay where they are. So I guess that's where they think we just have a such a down future. Yeah, uh, it's the in the Bill stuff all season has been kind of just. I mean, I believe he's going to resign, but I mean, he could surprise everybody and not do it. But that's low. Like even for the Wizards, that's 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 pretty low. I don't agree with that at all. But Damon Brennan, I do want to ask you next about. Our young guys, and who do you guys think is the best out of the three? But before we get to that, we do have a message from our friends over at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? 
you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto was a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, till lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So, Brendan and Damo, our young guys, Corey, Rui, and Denny. I mean, there's been... They, they've each been hot topics throughout the season, I would say. But who would you go? Damo, I will, I'll start with you. Who do you think is the best of the young guys right now out of those three? Man, I feel like it. <laughs> I feel like this is a this this answer could change like every month, man. Um, uh, I'm gonna still go with Rui, man, because I, I just feel like Rui has the most tools that I can uh, – he has the most tools that I think mirror a player that can handle a, you know, 25 to 30% usage, 14-plus shots a night. Um, you know, he's 6'8", 230. He's athletic, long wingspan, big hands. Um, he's got touch in the, in the, on the inside. He's got a mid-range game, and now – you know, going back to March of last year, he's shooting 42% from three. So, you know, if I gave you that profile of a player, like you would probably say, okay, that's a that's a guy who can get you 20 a game, right? Like, so um, I think he's the closest to that. And those, those are the players, I mean, defense aside, you know, the league pays the guys that can get a bucket. You know, the league pays guys that can put the ball in the hoop. So, um He's the closest thing to that to me because I, I just view Kispert as kind of just uh, at best probably a movement shooter, guy who can play without it a little bit. Um, three and D, three, well, three and some D. Uh, Denny, I see more as kind of a connector, uh, like a Boris Diaw, a, a Nick Batum, a guy that does a little bit of everything, but maybe not elite at any one particular thing, um, but just a guy that helps you win games. Uh, but I don't see Kispert and Denny as guys that could handle, you know, being top three options on a on a winning roster. 
but I think Rui can get to that at some point. Yeah, I think Rui definitely has the most raw talent of the three, and I think on the biggest stages, I think he has the uh, the best ability to put the ball in the hoop. And like Damo said, you know, they're, they're always going to pay scores. Um, I've maintained throughout the season that if I had to pick one to keep with the current personnel that they have, knowing that they want to build around who they want to build around, um, Kispert would be the guy that I would keep out of the three. But I do like all three, but it's tough with Rui because we talk about how his best ability is is scoring. And, and now his three-point shot is there. Um, but what he brings to the table now, we don't necessarily need, I feel like, when we have everyone healthy. So, um, And we already know that his defense, specifically his off-ball defense, is it's not there. Um, so I do think that if there was a piece to be moved, it's him. However, I do maintain that because of his offensibility, I'd say he has the most value. But I, I, w- I would agree with that he has the most talent out of the three. Yeah, I I would say Rui definitely has the most talent. Corey can definitely be one of those guys. I mean, his skill set is just so valuable. You know, we see in the game where he was like, what, six for nine from the three-point line, same game where he broke Bradley Bill's record. I mean, when he's shooting the ball like that, I mean, he's valuable to any team, like instantly. Uh, But Rui, if you're talking about just all around who may have the highest ceiling, Rui, I still go with Rui, and it's sad that, you know, he may be the one who goes first, you know, out of Denny or Kuzma. Definitely, Corey, he'll be here. So, I mean, who knows if we'll ever see his peak in D.C. But I'll say Rui is the best right now out of the three. Yeah, I I echo you guys on Rui as well. I think he's the most polished. I mean, we've seen him do it before. He's put up 30 points in the game multiple times. So the game against the Sixers where he put up 20 and 10 in a playoff game where we, we needed to get wins. We've seen him dunk on Isaiah Stewart twice, Tobias Harris, Anthony Davis. Um, his shoot, his three-point shooting has improved uh, massively. Uh, he has he knows where he wants to – he has a go-to move on offense where Denny needs to improve on his finishing around the rim and having a go-to move. Rui's just more athletically um, far, further along than both of those guys as well. Um, he has a go-to move. He has the mid-range game. He has a post-up move. So his offensive game, he he knows where to get to his spots and, and get his own shots. But the only thing is just defensively out of the three, of course, Denny is way further ahead of the three of the other two guys. Rui, that Boston game was very concerning. I mean, there was times where Jalen Brown just went up to the court, did an in-and-out, one-move dribble and get to the rim. And that's what we want to see from our three young guys. But Rui really, really needs to improve defensively off the ball and on ball. Corey, you know what you're going to get coming out of Gonzaga, just being a three-point sniper, so he's a specialist. So you, you just already know what he's going to get. But the guy that's the biggest question mark is Denny out of the three. And one thing I can say about all three guys is that, you know, they've consistently been inconsistent so far. But out of the three, Rui's been the most consistent with scoring. But we there's potential with Denny. We just want to see him finish more, put the ball, you know, dribble the ball with his left hand, finish with his left hand. But he has the potential to be a top defender in this league and a jack-of-all-trades player. But right now, Ruiz is further along out of the three. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So all in agreement, Rui, we all think he has, like, the highest ceiling and ability. But before we end it for part one, do you guys think Roy will be here for us to see his peak? Or you think he'll his peak will be with another team? <sighs> 
You got it. This is a hard one. I don't want to answer hard questions. You go. And I'll be honest with you, man. I, I've been going back and forth on this a lot, man. Um, and and, and kind of seeing Kuzma out these last few games, you know, it's like, man, like uh, Tommy's got a tough decision on his hands because he's got to kind of weigh, okay, Kuzma definitely fits, you know, his production and his his increased playmaking and his clutch three-point shooting. And just his locker room presence and leadership, it, it, it was a true, uh, you know, it was one of the, the, the po- more, more positive things or only positive things of the season this year. Um, and, and in theory, he fits really well with KP and Beal. Mm-hmm. But you've invested a top 10 pick at his position at power forward with Rui. Um, and it's like they kind of, I don't know that they both can coexist here. Uh, for them to both be maximized. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna fully invest into Kuzma, and he's your you know third option, he's playing thirty plus minutes. Well then, why would you have Rui sitting on the bench playing you know at most fifteen minutes mm. as a top ten pick? Like why wouldn't you go and get some value for that? Uh, but then you could also flip it on the other side, like. You know, Kuzma is a free agent after this season. Um, how much is he going to cost you? You get ready to pay Brad Beal or Supermax. You know, KP's on the book for another, I think, two years at 33-plus million. Um, how are you going to afford all these guys? So would it be smart to move off of Kuz and, and, and just buy in on Rui cheap? And maybe you see a leap of production that fourth or fifth year, and he overperforms his contract. Um, I, I think they're probably going to get something done with Kuzma. Um, and then I think Rui is going to be on the move to, to upgrade other parts of his roster to kind of balance it out. Yeah, that. Uh- I would agree. It's tough because the, the offense still looks fine, um, even without Kuzma in the lineup. And this could be like the one time where Tommy could finally sell high on a guy and maybe get like two first round picks back. But like I, I mentioned it the other day and Dama responds and he's like, to do what? Like, what are we going to do with him? So it's. It sucks um, th- that we're in this situation. Like, it's good because, you know, we can finally maybe get something back for someone who finally has value. Uh, it sucks that Rui has to, to to be the one to go in this situation. But, again, I think at that position – and we've also seen, like – I mean, if you can have Anthony Gill as your backup four, or maybe, like, the, the Miami Heat were mentioned as a team, could you work out a deal where um, it, it's a sign-and-trade where Miami gets Rui, but we get P.J. Tucker as our backup four? You know, that's uh, that's intriguing. I don't know if Miami would do that, just a, a random scenario. But um, I, I do think that he has some value, um, and, and it – it's great that Kuzma's come on the way that he has. And, and I would say that it would be like maybe a different scenario if Rui still had a couple years left on his rookie contract, but they're literally going to have to make a decision on him um, by, I think, October. So, and either way, when you pay him, it's probably going to be around the same amount that Kuzma is. If not, maybe more with the cap rising. Who knows? Um, I, I guarantee you someone will throw a decent uh, offer sheet to him and restricted free agency because everyone knows he can score the ball. 
Um, but I definitely think that Rui would be the one to move in this scenario. And I love Kuz. You know, again, the the playmaking ability is the one thing that where I'm like, yes, we need to keep him because he does that and the rebounding because we all know right now, uh, as much as we love KP, he's great. Guy's not very good at collecting rebounds just because he's not really that mobile. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, your center doesn't have to be the best rebounder on your team all the time. But it's it's the things that Kuzma does well and some things that guys that we already have necessarily may not do as well, I think, is the reason why we need to keep him. Yeah, some tough decisions to, to be made. I mean, we got two preseason games basically for Rui. They're going to be in Japan. And then we got Kuz doing the modeling thing, modeling the uh, Cherry Blossom jersey that just came out. So just seeing two – Faces of the franchise get traded, but that's just what they got to do. And it, it could be Kispert, it could be Denny. So you just don't know. They got to make some tough decisions. But I just want to thank you guys for coming on. This is part one. We are going to do part two, which is going to be posted Thursday night for Friday night's episode. But for part one, if you guys want to plug anything, your uh, social media, you guys can go ahead. Um, I would just say just listen to our podcast, man. Wizards Gallery Place, we tried to record um... – once a week, we, we try to do it on Monday, um, but sometimes because of scheduling problems, we, we do Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that. Um, also, we usually try and do a weekly Twitter space, but since we've been kind of bad and out of contention for a little bit, it, I don't think anyone would really be that interested, so we just kind of haven't done it. But maybe we'll we'll bring it back here and there for the off season. so just be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, for sure, man. Echo that. Uh... Check the pod out, man. I'm I'm always on Twitter talking my stuff, man. Damo eighty one eighty six. So, yeah. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. And make your second listen, Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday. In less than thirty minutes, it's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you guys sub of us sub us up on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.